All right, people. So we are here today, Magazine, to talk about stuff. And I like goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no words <laughs> for the foolishness that occurred. Yeah. On the week of my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, but at least you had a good birthday, I hope. It was it was enjoyable. You know, Las Vegas is the city that also doesn't sleep. <laughs> and when I tell you, I was in the casino at five o'clock in the morning, what? drinking and playing blackjack like I was like I was grown. Mm-mm. You but said it like was fun. Um, you said like what the know, ladies of the night be doing at the casino right. at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> soliciting. I was trying to find Nomi Malone to ask her for some Versace, but I never did find her. Um, the drug dealers out there were very friendly and nice. Uh, so we were walking, you know, just out on the strip, you know, drinking. And they were like, oh, you want some weed? You want some cocaine? I'm like, you know what? I'm good for the, the weed and cocaine, but thank you. He was like, okay, brother, you have a good day. I'm like, well, he's a gentleman. Isn't that nice though? That is like, right. you know, Vegas is interesting because it's like everybody's like chill, nice, but then you think about the fact that it is also Nevada, where a lot of these folks are crazy and racist and all types of stuff. But you know, Vegas is one of those untouched places. So, right. I mean, it's not like you had a good time though. Y'all see a show? Y'all see Sling? Uh, we didn't see Sling. I didn't. You know, I'm gonna see her in my dreams. That's about it. Uh, I didn't see any shows, but maybe next time I'll mm-hmm. see uh, maybe a Cirque du Soleil show or maybe the Jabberwockies over at uh, MGM Grand. Yeah. Um, we actually we went to this one sushi restaurant. It was called uh, Saki Rock. It's inside um, New York, New York, mm-hmm. and across from Monte Carlo. So it was like a hip, it looked like a, a almost a dance club, but it was, you know, basically a restaurant. <laughs> so we're ordering our drinks and whatnot, and there's a guy, he's in kabuki makeup. Come on, kabuki. A ring leader type jacket. <laughs> and he's walking around talking to the guests, talking to the, the people and whatnot. And the servers are, you know, getting their food. All of a sudden, they break out into a voguing number. What? Like, not like no hokey ass choreography. This was some strong. They got on the the bar, started doing dancing. I'm like, okay, so these kids are really trying to turn the party today. I guess. And they did it again. They did uh, like a uh, some time went on, and the servers danced again. This time to like a uh, like a salsa. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is uh, this is what's. This is the tea right here. <laughs> so it was like part serving, and then the servers were basically trained dancers. Hmm. It was nice, and the food, the sushi was so good. I swear, if you love sushi, go to any year in Las Vegas, go mm-hmm. to Saki Rock. Ooh, okay. I'm always put that on my list because you know, I haven't been to Vegas in a minute, and I slam Vegas, but then I'm always there. I'm, but I'm always willing to go. So, so. Right. But no, I, I, you know, I have to check that out because, you know, Vegas does have some hidden gems in some of those hotels. You know, when you go exploring, like I know in the MGM studios, you can watch. They are always looking for people to watch brand new TV shows and stuff and get your opinion. And then there's good restaurants everywhere. And then they have these great buffets that you could eat for what? A nickel and basically eat for three people. Like it's it's some interesting stuff in Vegas. And sometimes those hotel rooms are cheap, too. Yeah, I would definitely, if you want to go, I would definitely go during this time. Um, mm-hmm. What else? I think we stayed from, we flew in Wednesday and we left Sunday. So that was a good enough time for Vegas, you know, by like Saturday night. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've had enough. I'm ready to go home and get in my own bed. Yeah, Vegas is um, like good for like two good days, like two good days, maybe three. And you'd be like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm still not caught up on sleep, and, <laughs> like, it was two two hours here, and then we were back up. Oh, that's so right, you was there. in our time zone over here, so you was over in our world. Right, like, we would go to bed 
actually it was six o'clock here, so I'm like, oh my god, my time, my my body is not adjusted yet. <laughs> and I saw your video too on Facebook, talking about you oh, walk no. around drinking. <laughs> I was like, this is what? See, he out here, he's married because because you know otherwise we think he's out here, you know, hoeing around. <laughs> Saying, hey, mister, um, at the machine, trying to get some coins. Right. Well, they was out there. <laughs> they was out there. Mm-mm-mm. And speaking of being out there, so in this post-election, <laughs> I don't know, environment, we just wanted to give our takes and our opinions of basically the bullshit that went on on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And... Where do we think, what do we think happened, and where do we go from here? So, Victor, mm-hmm. describe Tuesday night for you. <laughs> Child, I was, so, you know, I was feeling good, you know, a little bit. Because, you know, you know, we were all led to believe she was, you know, ahead of things. And, you know, Nate Silver and his crew was telling us we were all good. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'm good. You know, I, I made my wings everything to sit here and you know get ready to gloat <laughs> and then um i got a little nervous because you know you know it was that we wasn't really sure about florida and if you remember back in uh 2014 2012 um uh, florida was kind of called quick like it was not like this big drawn out thing and i was like okay so i was getting a little nervous so i was like you know i'm gonna go to crossfit so I went to CrossFit that night, and why was everybody, everybody was there at CrossFit. Everybody was feeling the same way. Everybody was like, we're here just to, we're all nervous, we got to do something. I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm with y'all, so we all got to do something. Um, and so we, were, we worked out, like, we worked out, and we did doubles because of the fact that we were like, okay, we really don't want to watch the news right now. And then as I got home, um, they, they called North Carolina for him, and I was like, hmm. And then they just kept talking. And, and at one point, I was like, you know what? I can't. I just turned off the TV. Actually, I turned off the TV and I turned on Netflix and watched The Invitation, which I recommend y'all watch The Invitation. Um, it's a great movie. Um, watched that. And I went to bed. And my neighbors, because I had my windows open, because we're on the, we out in the valley, so we get that good ocean air. Um my neighbors were talking about it and I was like, okay, I need for y'all to be quiet. I'm trying not to, I, I want to wake up and hope <laughs> that she was going to win. Right. So I ended up putting headphones in. I was trying to like drown them out, went to sleep. I couldn't sleep. I literally couldn't sleep because I was having these weird dreams about the future. And I felt like <laughs> we were about to experience days of future past type life. Like I was sitting here like, okay, what's going to happen? I woke up and then, you know, he got it. And, you know, that's that was basically my Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. What about you? So I was in the middle of packing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went to be, well, I was in a good mood the whole day. I was going to get on a jet plane, go to Vegas, spend some money, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And 6 o'clock hit. I was like, okay, post close here. About 7 o'clock. Seven o'clock, first numbers came in. Kentucky went red. You know that's obvious. Kentucky's gonna go red. Whatever. So I'm, I'm still good. Eight, eight, eight o'clock. A lot of other states went red. I was like, okay. So what's going on here? So I started. I think I started playing video games. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Then I would go back, go back and forth between looking at the numbers and whatnot. And I had uh, Politico open, and then I had uh, Nate Silver open, and their numbers were all over the place. And I was like, okay, now I'm nervous. And prior to, like, the polls closing at 6, it was raining here, and I always feel like there's an omen. If it rains, especially on election day, then it's not going to be good for the Democrats. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was misting. I was like, oh, gosh, what's going on here? So fast forward, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, a lot of these states are going red. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with these people? Mm-hmm. And finally, at like 11, 12 o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I can't take this. I'm in a pissy-ass mood. This is my vacation. Tomorrow's my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm not fitting to try it with these folks. 
him in the lead. And it's like, maybe she can come back. She can come back. Get back up, and it's a done deal. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. When I look back on it, I'm not surprised it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that people gloated or people assume that all these polls were right where a lot of the media was complicit in getting him out there giving him all this free air and this free time to promote this bullshit as agenda and that's I'm putting that in air quotes because he doesn't have an agenda I have to see any kind of piece of he don't legislation he wants to get passed as far as just relying on dog whistle tactics and this empty rhetoric that he's been spouting since the primaries Mm -hmm. I'm just the US was going to do this and it was too much they already had a nigga in the the White House for 8 years they'd be damned that they have a woman in there too so it was just too much for mediocrity and white uh, people to take in a black man and then a white woman. Yeah, and I, I think for me, when I looked at the numbers and I said, I know what this is all about. And um, I think Van Jones hit a point on this and I want to say it too. It's what we saw was pe- like progression was moving too fast. And you had white people who were not happy with the fact that they were getting called out for their foolishness. The fact that, you know, we had our voices were being heard and we were having that support that they were so used to having. You know, like when you when you always thought things were always on your side, all of a sudden you realize like, oh, maybe not. Things are, you know, they've been wrong. (laughs) I think that was that wake-up call to them that, you know, things are going to change. And whether you like it or not, it's going to change. And I think they it was moving so fast for them, they wasn't ready. So when you have Trump out here talking about what he's going to do, no policies, like you said, no policies. Never gave us anything. I look back at some clips, I was like, he never gave us anything. You know, sometimes a candidate would tell you, like, I'm going to get rid of student loans, or I'm going to... The tax cuts are going to benefit this way and that way, or we're going to do something about infrastructure. You know, something where you'd be like, okay, I don't like you, but I do like this thing. Like, how can y'all negotiate? There was nothing. So I was sitting there thinking, if I was a white man, straight, (laughs) um, what would I find appealing about Trump? And I was like, there would be nothing, unless I just didn't like people of color and gays. And you know, social justice. Like, it was like, if I did not like those things. Um, and so there, I, I was like, this is what y'all decided to do. Y'all decided to like, I didn't like, I don't like the fact that y'all can speak. I don't like the fact y'all have Black Lives Matter. I don't like the fact that Beyonce's on my own country awards. I don't like the fact that, you know, we're dying. Cause you know, white people are dying faster than any other race right now. Um, so I'm going to vote for him so he can take our country back. And that's what they did. They did that thinking that he's going to stop reality. And it it made me kind of feel like slightly sad. I was like, this is how desperate y'all are. You are that desperate to think that this man is going to do all those things. When y'all know, first of all, Constitution. Second of all, laws. There's certain things he can't do. Um, and... You thought that he was going to stop us. And that's what kind of got me, too. I was like, y'all thought this was cute. Y'all thought this was going to be like, oh, we're going to stop you with him. I'm like, no. All you really did was to start an inferno. (laughs) All you really did was start a new fire that we probably needed to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, we probably needed to have. Like, oh, okay, y'all want to, like, you showed your hand. Okay, well, we got got something for you, too. And it it was just kind of interesting to see how they did this um but also and i said this last week and i've said it before it's funny to look at the numbers because i'm like oh this is interesting 
because y'all continue to think y'all got a seat at the table and you really don't but you also don't realize that the things y'all are voting for is going to hurt y'all the most exactly if it's they, like what I said yeah, last week in last week's episode where Repub- uh, poor Republicans repeatedly vote for these politicians that really don't have their uh, best intentions mm-hmm. and what was it 66% of white women voted for Trump. No, it was it was it was sixty. It was like a sixty-eight. No, it was a big big number for men, but it was fifty, fifty-six, fifty-three, for of white women. It was just. I, don't tell me to be on your side. I'm talking to these white feminists here, and then you go against your own. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of that bullshit. Yeah, and let's talk about the Mollies for a minute because I it's interesting because I had a conversation with someone about how there's always been trust issues with white women. That has always been a trust issue with white women in and America and people of color. And it, you know, we think about Emmett Till. We think about you know those situations where Emmett Till was killed because a white woman claimed he did all these things. You know, he smiled at her and that that young boy was killed and that has sent a message for many people about trusting white women like there's a there's stories about you know from the south how it was said to people don't you know don't trust white women they have they're you know they are the ones you have to really watch out for and it's funny because i was talking to some older folks from the south and they were saying that they always thought of them as as kind of like snakes and it's funny because that's what they think of um what's her name uh, Taylor Swift as a snake, and I'm not sitting here saying that white women, all white women are snakes. I'm saying that that is just the mindset that from that Emmett Till situation that started it, um, that that started people to believe in that, and so it was fascinating to me to see how many of these women. After all we learned about what Trump said, about how he wanted to grab them by the coochie, how he wanted to do all these things, how he he does not look at them as credible people, how he even, you know, after his first wife cheated on her and all his women were younger, these white women decided to go for him. And I mean, it, look how he treats his own wife. Yeah. She's only allowed to speak when he's given her permission to. And it's just like, I don't understand in today's society why women are still have that kind of why the women who voted for him still have that mindset yeah I don't know and how do I say this without sounding just horrible I feel like a part of me has always believed that one of the things my mama told me that they that black women were always stronger and their convictions and what their stance and what they've been through white women have just have struggled with that in so many ways and this was a reminder to all of us that they do not they don't stand strong together there was a white woman running for president a white powerful woman if you were looking at i mean it's funny because you know we look at a powerful black woman we are motivated we are inspired we are ready to uplift her most of us <laughs> are ready to uplift her and support her if it was michelle obama there were it, I feel like every black woman would have been all, like it would have been 99.9% of black women voting. And I'm leaving Omarosa and Stacey Dash out. But they would have been out there voting for Michelle Obama. This was a powerful white ass woman. And these white women. With credentials. Yes. With the credentials to back it up. And they betrayed her. And a part of me thinks they betrayed her because they were. They hate her because they can't be her. I do believe that. They hate her because she withstand trouble in her marriage and still stood strong and kept moving. She is a strong woman, and I think they don't like that. I think that she scares them. If you are a, or if you are a weak woman, if you are, you don't know your worth, because I, I said on Twitter, and I stand by it, that these white women who voted for Trump don't know their worth. If they knew they were, if they would have been voting for her. It is sad that 50, over 50% of them voted for him. White women, who who betrayed y'all? Where are your leaders? What did your daddy do to you? 
Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> these are the same questions they ask us too. You, if you, they, these are the same questions they always ask us. Like, where are your community? Where is your father? Like, where was y'all's? Because for a white woman to do that, to vote for a, a misogynist bigot over a, a white qualified woman, that is beyond me. So I feel like white women have, you know, they have betrayed this country and themselves. Those women yeah, who voted. They, they have, and I just, I know as soon as, what was it, the Wednesday night or Wednesday morning, there were reports and all these articles were saying, well, where's the, what happened to the black vote? What happened to the Latino vote? Mm. We were out there. We were out there. What happened to y'all? So don't come and tell, don't put this bullshit on us that we weren't doing our job. Y'all weren't doing y'all. We were telling y'all from the get-go. When it was 85 of them motherfucking Republicans that were trying to buy for the uh, can't the presidential nominee in the first damn place, that none of them were a bit of good. And then once he did get the nomination, we were saying, hey, this bullshit that he's saying is not right. It's crazy. And y'all need to take this uh, into serious. Y'all need to take this shit serious. But y'all weren't listening. Uh, our uh, yells and screams were getting louder. Y'all still weren't listening. So by the time this comes around and the shit is already done, y'all throwing y'all hands up and looking around saying, oh, well, what happened? Y'all didn't heed the warnings. That's what happened. That's true. And, and so now you're stuck with this. And, and you don't try to put this shit on black folks, on no brown folks, on no gay folks, on no transgender folks. This is not our fault. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because they love the tourists of where we are. I said, no, where were you at? We knew, we knew where we, we was in that. We knew what ground to stand on. Black women knew what ground to stand. They were standing on that ground. They knew what was best. I'm tired of the fact that black women have consistently cleaned up the mess of this country since the gate. They've been doing this since since the beginning. They were here cleaning it up, trying to get this country back in shape. And once again, white folks sent it right down the tumbler. Like it, it's really it's really interesting when you think about history, and you think about how. Every time when when people like that, you know, get angry and want to voice their opinion, they end up destroying things. And that's why I feel like they have, to, they have destroyed democracy by they betrayed their conscience, their well-being in order to keep their privilege in check. And that's really sad because I'm like, none, all of y'all don't have the same privilege. So once y'all figure that out, you know, and another thing that was interesting to me was like, I was, you know, I had to, I went on tw- uh, YouTube and watched these videos of what they was explaining why I voted for Trump, how he's going to bring jobs back. I was like, well, first of all, you don't think Obama would have been trying to bring those jobs back? What he's been trying to do for the past eight years, he's been trying to knock down the taxes, get y'all equal pay white women, because he was trying to do that equal pay for women thing, trying to... Uh, make sure that jobs are coming back. And some jobs did, but there was only so much he can do. But guess who was blocking him from doing that? The same as people y'all voted for to stay right up in Congress again. The same ones that were blocking him to give you these benefits. Y'all, y'all voted for these same folks because they end up taking the House and the Senate again. So you had the same folks. A lot of people don't even understand how the government works. The president is not an end-all, be-all. He's not a dictator. Mm-hmm. He's got certain checks and balances within himself to keep him from being so uh, autonomous with his power. So people have to understand that the House of Representatives and the Senate work in conjunction with the president. It's not whatever they say. It's not whatever the president says it goes. I don't understand why people miss this fundamental fact about U.S. government. It's like they slept right through Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't understand how people don't get that. Yeah. And y'all voted, like you said, they voted the same bastard bastards in the House and in the Senate. So the Republicans control damn near everything. And I'm also, it's it's just funny to me 
that that's they did this to think they were getting back at us but y'all get but y'all basically dooming yourselves too like i said we'll be all right we know how to go through stuff that's the one thing about being a person of color we are resilient we know what hell looks like we've been there and we know how to get in and out but y'all don't <laughs> y'all don't because when y'all get caught up y'all crack up fall apart have breakdowns do all that stuff go out and shoot out people in the in the in the library y'all do all of these things because y'all can't handle that and all you just did right now is i feel like they forgot what happened in the bush years and the bush years is when a lot of them suffered the most where the people who were rich was getting richer and if they pay attention to what's happening right now, if you look at his cabinet, if you look at the people who are rallying behind him, there are mostly white males who are trying to keep their power together. And those are the same ones who will keep their money tight, but keep you loose. They will not even be thinking about y'all. They will be using y'all. So I feel like all they these voters did was just basically put the noose around their necks. And yep. that's what they did. And we just going to sit there and look at them like, we told you. We've been telling y'all from the gate. But apparently you thought we were being too high and mighty. I, I think, again, because they don't like to see us progress, they are willing to doom everything. And that, to me, is not what an American is. So I feel like these folks did the unpatriotic duty um, by basically... To me, I look at it like y'all kind of, you're treasonous, you can't be trusted, y'all willing to blow up everything because you feel like you were losing power. So, you know, whatever, you know, voters, you're going to pay for it, and I'm going to be in my fur, on the lanai, eating my wings, watching y'all suffer. And don't, I mean, this what another thing that kills me, that these Trump supporters were saying, oh... Well, you'll just have to deal with it. Oh, we'll just have to come together. Um, and these other, I don't even know, these liberals, There's a, especially uh, Susan Sarandon, she don't say, oh, we need to come together and make peace. I'm like, no, there's no peace right here. You can't tell me to make peace with somebody who is xenophobic, who's racist, who's sexist, who's homophobic, and then I'm supposed to concede. That's not how this works. That's no. not how it was never. I, I'm never going to do that to somebody. I'm never going to do that to anybody who supports them either. And if you tell me any different, then, I mean, it's not a problem to cut you off. It is not a problem. Yeah, and let's talk about those the, those third-party people and those people who were writing in Harambe and Bernie Sanders and screwing up the votes. So the funny thing was, I think we learned like in Wisconsin, a lot of people doing a lot of write-in votes and they were writing in Bernie and a lot of these numbers were high. Like I think if all of us would have voted for Hillary, she would have won. That's what I was reading. I, 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 would, I would want somebody to challenge that. I may have to go back and, and see if I can verify that. But I was very disgusted with people voting third party. Cause I'm like, what y'all were basically doing was being highly myopic highly selfish because you kept saying i i mean i had friends on facebook saying well, i'm voting with my conscience i was like no you're not you're not because if you were then you would have been looking for the bigger reason to do it voting for your conscience means yes i don't like this person but they will keep us safe it is the harder decision voting third party was lazy voting third party was an excuse voting voting third par party was just weak if you voted third party, you was basically being lazy. You was not trying to educate yourself and push yourself to look at the big, hard decisions. It's funny because, you know, you think about us as geeks and we look at sci-fi and, and comic books. And, you know, we know our favorite characters make hard-ass decisions. You know, like when Phoenix made a decision, like, I, I got to kill myself in order or I will destroy the whole entire universe. Like... I feel like that, you know, if for those who've been in this world long enough, you know what it what a sacrifice is. So I felt like that a sacrifice for y'all would have been, I'm going to vote for Hillary, even though I do not like her at all. I'm going to vote for her. Not, I'm going to vote for Jill Stein, even though she's a crackhead and don't really know much and separate believes that talking on your cell phone can ruin your mind, like that type of foolishness. But I'm going to vote for her because that's a part of my conscience. No. 
because she would never have been close to president. Those who voted for Gary Johnson, this man didn't even know where some of these countries were. Messing up on live TV. Oh, I don't know where that country is. What is that country? Is that a shoe? Stuff like that. But y'all voted for him. He had high ass numbers. I'm like, who is sitting out here voting for? And I think, you know, like I said, third party is, I believe in having a third party. But I believe in you having third party candidates who are worth a crap. These were garbage. Yes, white women. Because Trump's uh, vice president, Pence, is a monster himself. That is a monster. Closeted monster. I think he's closeted, but... I mean, nobody hates you like your family, right? Yeah. So, um, let's just read some of the facts about Pence and his bullshit as uh, antics. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's, It's... It's just interesting. And like I said, I was mad at third-party people because they would really think they were doing something. I was like, y'all don't do anything. If you haven't learned from Nader, that was a mistake. And then we gave us Bush for eight years. I thought y'all knew something. But to me, you are idiots. I'm sorry. You're just idiots to me because I would not have sit up there and voted third-party. I would have seen, I would have been like, I'm going to have to go this route. I'm and like, when was the last time a third-party candidate won? Uh, 2000 and never. (laughs) Exactly. Like, why even waste your time? It's one thing if they had a good agenda. Yeah. And they were educated and they knew the shit they was talking about. But they didn't. They didn't. That was the best I'm saying. waste the vote. I was so hurt. I'm like, these people don't have anything, yet you got the sign up in your yard. Somebody I used to, that would have been the dream guy to date had the audacity to put a picture of him putting the Jill Stein sign. And I was like, you just basically killed my dream of us ever getting together. But you, but uh, the, the fact that you would even consider that person. And I'm like, you are an intelligent person. It was very interesting to see how people were just so caught up in their feelings. They wasn't seeing what was best. But then yet, they want to be called, like, I think of, you know, I always think of people first. I'm like, you didn't. If you voted for those two, you did not think of nobody but yourself. So, and then the 46 million people who did not vote. That hurts. Because I'm like, y'all did not vote. I understand you did not like them, but for y'all to not vote? Seriously? Like, I think if y'all would have voted, this would have been a different blowout if y'all would have voted. Um, some people will say, well, it didn't, my vote didn't matter. I was like, well, it because I, I mean, like if they live in L.A. or California or New York, it's like, well, our voice doesn't matter. It goes to her anyway. I'm like, it does matter. It's nice for you to do it. It's your civic duty. People died for it. You need to go and do it. I mean, some of those battleground counties where a lot of the votes were like a couple, like tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. So, yes, your vote does count. And at this point, voting needs to be a requirement. It's now... It, it's not like a, oh, I'm going to not do it. It has to be required. When you turn up age, you must vote or else you get some kind of fines or jail time or something. Yeah. Because this shit is just fucking stupid. It is. And I, and I also, you know, I feel like the people should have done this. And they, and they cannot complain. If they lose their health care, if they lose jobs, they can't complain. Because like you could have you could have made a change you could have done something but you didn't do it, and I'm glad you mentioned that piece too because I think the big takeaway I'm getting from this one of the reasons why I I got I was getting over it faster is the fact 
that when we look at, you know, even though she lost, she won. She won. She won the popular vote. She's continuing to win the popular vote. Um, right now, as they continue to count the ballots, she's over a million ahead of him. Um, so she won the popular vote. She was the people's choice. He won the system way. She's the people's choice. And I think that's, that's I hope that's something that she rests in to be like, I still won. Because to me, she won. She won what the people wanted. I And if you notice how he's been acting lately, like that, if you watch that news conference when he was with Obama, that bitch looked like he was like scared to death. Yes, because he had no idea how to staff that uh, the White House. He didn't know a lot of things. He looked like, oh, crap. And now, after all that crap talk about Obama, he's like basically begging Obama to stay on. You know, Obama has to stay on to work closely with him to get him together. That's the first time in history for that to ever happen. Yes. And going back to what you said about... Uh Hillary winning the popular vote and him winning the system vote. So let's go back, I don't know, during Bush's era, where you saw a lot of these Tea Party movements start to pick up, pick up steam, and then they were big in uh, the latter years of Bush's era, and then they kind of uh, died down, but then kind of reemerged as something else. Mm-hmm. They were always saying that they were anti-establishment, that they were anti-government, that they were this and that. They hated the government and needed to be smaller and whatnot. But then, after this election, you saw that the system won. And mm-hmm. the system worked for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. So, you mean to tell me that y'all hated the y'all hate the government when it's not working for mm-hmm. you, but that you love it when it is? It was rigged, but y'all were rigging it. Like, I still think that they were rigging it. You think about the FBI situation. You think about how they were trying to do all this stuff and bring up these emails. They were rigging it. But, yeah, you're right. In fact, they talk about how it was so rigged, but the system ended up working for them. And And speaking of emails, what was it, just this this week, Pence is trying to go into court for to have his Mm -hmm. emails uh, covered up? Mm Mm-hmm. But what's in the emails, Pence? Is somebody trying to get you on a uh, back page, or is uh, somebody knows your grinder account, or you on silverdaddy.com? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Daddy hunt, because I, uh, you know, right. and that's a new question. Now we need to get on Twitter and talk about that. Like, what are you really trying to hide? Because, like I said, I think he's closeted. Because anybody who's doing as much as he's doing against I mean, us he did start. He is single handedly responsible for what happened in Indiana as far mm-hmm. as all of those out- outbreaks of HIV. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for that. Because in 2000, well, if you didn't know, in 2011, uh, the Indiana House passed a bill that defunded Planned Parenthood. And so in one county, uh, in 2013, Scott County in Indiana, uh, their, plan parent, their Planned Parenthood closed and it was the only county's HIV center. A testing center. Mm-hmm. So, like in 2015, the health officials they linked there was 20 new cases each week, mm-hmm. and it's, it was attributed to uh, using dirty needles. Uh, well, that was the majority of the cases. That was the result of them. Mm-hmm. And he was against uh, the needle exchange program for like the longest time until he it got to basically epidemic proportions this outbreak and so he had to put in an uh, emergency needle exchange so if he can do that just in one county what can he do to all of us yeah and that's scary that is scary and I, and I guess that's where we talk about you know what's next for us as you know queer people especially queer people of color I feel like we're very vulnerable as queer people of color because we are we have to worry about this whole law and order that that Trump wants but also the you know just thinking about Mike Pence and thinking about what he wanted to do using some of these religious bills to you know to keep us you know you know fired we can be kicked out of places i i just feel like 
they're going to come for us. Now, even though Trump just said he's not going to touch gay marriage, I want to make this clear that gay marriage is not the end-all, be-all of gay issues. <laughs> Cause somebody... And also, let's not think that just because he won't touch it, that he won't get us in a different way. So I'm going to need all of them yeah. gays to say, oh, he's not going to touch gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, then we're in the clear. You know what? No, we're not in the clear. And just because not everybody, not every gay person wants to get married. That's not on the, everybody's agenda. True, and, and, and that's another thing that, you, as you're saying, people need to realize that that is a piece of whatever agenda we had. As queer people, we have plenty of things we have to be concerned with. We have our trans family who is working hard to try to stay afloat in this country, but also they need their meds. They need everything they need to get through and to transition. They also need to make sure they can get a job. We need to make sure we have job protections for queer people. And, you know, they get hit the most because if they don't find a good job, they have to turn to prostitution. They have to do this stuff just to survive, which puts them in more danger of diseases, murder, bigotry, you know, people killing them just because of the fact they are more vulnerable. And I feel like that, you know, in this in this horrified government that could happen, they are very vulnerable for us. We can still be fired in certain places. I'm fortunate to work somewhere where I am protected, but not everybody has that opportunity to be protected because of their sexuality. They can still be fired for that. We are very vulnerable. And so that's why I, I want people, especially the, four, you know, there was 14% of gays who voted for Trump. Who the fuck? <laughs> we excommunicate them. We're, set, we're putting them in, we're putting we them in know. carbonite. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't realize that we we are in danger. But what I want people to also realize that we're going to be more visual, we're going to be more vocal, and we're going to be out there. Because it's like, you, you don't come for us like that no more. We're coming back. I love these protests that are happening all across the country because that has never happened before. There was a protest in Las Vegas uh, last night, and I swear to you, it was almost the entire length of the strip. Yeah. It was like 20, 30 minutes of just people walking, screaming, shouting yeah. that they've had enough. And this is what it's going to take to make the tide turn. And we don't have to wait until the next presidential election. We got 2018 coming up. And a lot of these House of Representatives seats are going to be up. Mm-hmm. A lot of these uh, gubernatorial uh, races are going to be uh, had. I think Kentucky's is uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to educate ourselves. We need to go ahead. If we don't have the candidate right now, go ahead and find that candidate, groom them, so that they, so that they can get ready for these uh, 2018 elections. Because it, it has to start at the local level. Mm-hmm. It has to. These are the local level laws and ordinances are which hurts us the most mm-hmm. as far as uh, queer people of color mm-hmm. and yes just because we have uh, gay marriage right now doesn't mean that I can get fired from my job mm-hmm. tomorrow or get evicted from my apartment next week or get shot in the street or, yeah or get shot in the street for having a broken taillight from turning the wrong way but not having your 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 turn signal on hell for eating candy right <laughs> or looking mm. menacing or having a hoodie on i know it's just we have to a lot of people have to educate ourselves and sure get be mad be pissed off be sad be heartbroken but then let's get to work and that's what I'm excited about. I think this is going to be the best time for us to remember who we are and be resilient and get out there. And it's really hurting my heart to know that it's been, there's been an uptick in suicides um, or people thinking of suicide from our community, people feeling lost, people feeling like they don't know where else to go. And that really hurts my heart because... It's a miracle for some of us, especially black gay men, to even be 40. And for me to be 42 is a miracle. But I don't, I don't want that for this generation to come. 
I don't want them to feel that way. And I feel like that, yes, we have to get out there. I have to be out there. You have to be out there. We have to be out there. We have to be visible and vocal because this is going to be some tough times. It's going to hit our community, but also going to hit our inner community where it's going to hit our queer people of color community. So we're going to have to be tough. We're going to have to be strong and we're going to have to make sure that we are visible and supportive of one another. We can no longer sit here and play games about, well, I don't, that those are trans issues and not my issues. We are all in this together at this point. We are all on the chopping block together. So we're going to have to fight together. And also queer people, we're going to have to join other groups too. Black Lives Matter, work on the work on the immigration stuff with the Dreamers. We're gonna have to join with so many people, work with the Muslims to make sure they're not being discriminated against. We're gonna all have to get together and fight together because we don't have time to sit here and try to, you know, separate. Yes, there's gonna be things that hit us differently, but this is a movement that we gotta get in there together. So I really think that we have to keep all that in mind because it's too much at stake. We're at this point, we're at rock bottom. And so we have to be able to fight back up again. And we have to do it better than what we did during the Obama years. And we have to be very supportive of each other and also know what we're fighting for. Exactly. And white folks, we got, we, you got to help us too. I mean, you can't tell the oppressed to fix a system that has systematically oppressed us over since the beginning of time so all these liberals that are pissed off and sad go ahead and be sad but then let's get to work yep let's get to work make sure you take that anger and put it into something make sure you volunteer make sure you get uh, people out to vote make sure you register folks to vote make sure you get the young people to vote because did you see that uh the graph of what would it what would the graph the U.S. look like if uh, millennials had just voted yeah. and it was damn near all blue. Yeah. So it's not like this is, I don't think this is a far-fetched idea as far as the equality for everybody in the United States. Sure yeah. that we had some kind of this big, I guess it, it was a kick in the ass mm-hmm. because we got too, too, uh, we got too lazy and too lax in demanding what we wanted yeah so we're gonna take this shit on the chin we're gonna sit back in the cut we're gonna get ready for two, uh, 2018 and then we're gonna come back hard and heavy in 2020 and get all these motherfuckers up out of here and we got to and it's the funny thing you mentioned 2020 because 2020 white folks become 56 percent of the of the nation so y'all it's beginning that whole fear of y'all becoming minority has already started in 2020 by 2040 you will be a minority so i know you're trying to hold on but as long as your daughter is getting getting some dick from that black guy down the street, as long as you, as long as your son is probably out there being gang banged by a bunch of Latinos, all that's going about to change. So you need to get ready for all of that. That is a reality that is going to happen. So you can't fight that. You can't get nobody in charge to stop that. That is evolution. That is how life will be. And another thing, stop stop asking me to do two things. Stop asking me to. Uh, sympathize with white working class because I don't and I won't and do not ask me to give Trump a chance I will refuse don't ask me that now I'll let Obama slack because I love Obama I know what he's trying to do he's he's being he has to say these things because he's president but don't ask me to be like give him a chance I'm not giving him a chance I want him to fail (laughs) right I mean why why should we give him a chance? He done pissed off and called everything, called us out our name every which way, but Sunday. But we're still supposed to be the old loyal hound dog and say, oh, well, you know, people change. No, fuck that. Fuck that and fuck him mm. and fuck everybody who thinks like him. His family, his friends, his dog, his hair, his all ugly of ass it. kids that look like children on the corn. His, uh, ugly ass wife who can't speak a lick of English and then want to plagiarize Michelle Obama's uh, speeches and fuck Ann Coulter fuck John uh, whatever his name John Walsh or whatever his uh, fucking name is oh that let him he can burn so 
Oh. But I think we kind of we kind of got it all out. <laughs> I think so. Cause now I need a drink. We got it all out, and you know we. As we know, we are a, a geeky place, and we normally get on that. But we had to speak on this because we are, we are the targeted. We represent the targeted group. We represent the queer people of color. So we feel like we have to talk about this, because it's going to be a big fight for us, and it's going to be something that I think will make us stronger. I, I do think my only optimistic view is we will, we will come out stronger because of this. We will be tested. I, you know, it's kind of it's like it's neat. You think about some of the comic book stories that we've read over the years, you know, you think about, um, for example, when X-Men fought um, Proteus, um, and that was like the biggest test of how they can fight the, the worst of enemies, um, or any type of character, we, you know, video game character you play where they had to fight against all odds, things that we have kind of escaped to, let that be kind of, of uh, something that motivates you, that kind of like, hey, you know, when they were, when times, when Storm lost her powers, and thought that she was done, she rose up and said, hell no, I'm still going to lead this X-Men group. I'm still going to fight. I'm still going to be the queen that I am. And that's what I'm saying. We got to realize that when we are pushed back, we got to get up and, and, and get better. And I think this will make us a better people. This will make us a better fighter and better, you know, advocates. So I'm, I'm excited for that because I'm ready for that challenge. This, yeah. That's the under the that's the black ass bottom line. We just gotta fight like hell. That's right. All right. Well, y'all, that was this is our reaction to the foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So you can <laughs> follow us at Mega Shane Pod or Mega Shane. Uh, check out our website at themegashane.com. We're also on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow our personal accounts, I'm at Porter Pizzazz, and Victor is at Wonderman5. Listen to the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Like, comment, rate, and subscribe. All right. Well, y'all have a good time this week. Um, hopefully next week we'll have you know, better things to talk about, and hopefully things will get better as the days grow longer. <laughs> yeah, I need a shot. <laughs> All right. So, see y'all next week, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.